You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 191, Unravel Your People-Pleasing. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am enjoying those fresh January vibes. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling that like calmness after the holidays and kind of getting to reset, get back to a more typical routine? Maybe if you had been traveling or doing other things, it's just kind of nice to settle back in. And I'm totally just enjoying that right now. So I hope your January is still feeling fresh and lovely. And today I want to help you if you're wanting to break away from people pleasing. I think that's something that as we go into 2023, that could be something that's a game changer for you. Maybe it wasn't something you officially put as a New Year's resolution, but today I want to help you stop people pleasing and kind of unravel what's going on for us as we break away from people pleasing. So you might not know if you're a people pleaser. You might be like, you know, sometimes I do, but I'm not really sure. So I want to give you kind of some ideas of things that might cue to you that you engage in people pleasing. Now, my Bold Nurse Society members, you've heard some of these. We talked about people pleasing in our December Bold Nurse Society class. This is going to be a different lesson. It's going to build on what we learned in Bold Nurse Society. But some of these were kind of things that I was telling you guys in there might be some cues that you engage in people pleasing. Okay, so you can kind of run through these in your mind and see like, is people pleasing something I struggle with? Or do I fall into that trap of people pleasing? Okay. So one could be if you feel obligated to do things to make other people happy or to control other people's emotions. And the key word there is obligated, right? It's like you don't want to do it. You're not doing it because you're excited to, because you just love the other person so much and it's out of the goodness of your heart. You're obligated. You feel kind of drained and resentful when you do it. Okay, another one could be maybe for some of you charge nurses out there. If you create the staffing assignments for your unit, if you spend a lot of time really worrying about the assignment because you don't want your staff to be mad at you or you don't want them to be really stressed out or angry or whatever uncomfortable emotions you're afraid they're going to feel. Now, of course, to some extent, you're going to consider things. You're going to try to make the assignment fair and balanced. But if your focus is on preventing them from feeling a certain way, that falls more in line with people pleasing. Okay. Maybe you feel out of touch with your own desires. If when people ask you what your opinion is or what you want, If your answer is, I don't know, whatever you think, you kind of defer to other people, that could be a sign that you engage in people-pleasing. Because often, if we've been people-pleasing for a long time, we kind of lose touch with what we want because it's not relevant to us anymore. 
What's relevant is what do other people want? What will make them happy, right? So we stop thinking about what we actually want. So if that's something like if people are like, where do you want to go for dinner? What movie do you want to watch? What, you know, those types of questions. What do you think about this issue? If you're like, I don't know, what do you think? Whatever will make everybody else happy. That could be a sign of people pleasing. Okay. Um, Another sign could be if you're often biting your tongue. If you're afraid to share your true opinions, your true desires, what you want, if you don't make requests of people, if you're just biting your tongue being like, I can't say that. They might not like that. Now, of course, we want to have a certain level of social etiquette and consideration. But if that's something you're doing all the time, where you're thinking who I am isn't acceptable, what I think isn't acceptable, we need to keep everyone else happy, that could be a sign of people-pleasing. Okay, so those are just a few things that you can kind of pay attention to, maybe start noticing in your life when you do those, how often you do those. But if you do them, it could be a sign that you do some people pleasing. And so today I want to help you unravel that a little bit. And what I've seen is that there are kind of different steps and stages we go through as we're breaking away from people pleasing that are kind of typical. And you might not go through every single one of these steps, but I want to talk about them today to give you more awareness and you can kind of gauge yourself as you move through that process. And these are steps that I came up with because that's what my experience was as I broke away from people pleasing. And I've kind of seen it in my Bold Nurse Society members and other people as they've done that same thing. So you can just kind of notice, are you in one of these stages? Where do you fall? And it's okay, right? We don't need to judge ourselves or beat ourselves up for wherever we're at in this process. Okay, so we're going to go through, there are four different stages I really outlined here. So the first one is thinking people-pleasing is noble. That's what I used to think. I grew up in a very religious community, and that's totally fine if you're religious. I'm not saying that that religions are wrong in this regard, but the way I internalized the teachings of my religion was that I need to sacrifice myself in order to make other people happy. That sacrifice is a very good thing. Now, I agree with that to some extent, but not to the way I was internalizing it before, because what I think is that sacrificing is a beautiful thing. That sometimes we give of ourselves because we love other people, because we want to take care of them, because we want to give a gift. And sometimes that means expending your own energy or using money on somebody else that you could have used for something you wanted, but it's done out of love. What happened for me is I internalized it to mean that I should always sacrifice for other people, even at the expense of myself, even when it's crossing over into being unhealthy for me or it's being or I'm, I'm feeling resentful towards other people, or I'm operating out of obligation. And I don't think that's what most religions are trying to teach, right? So, and it not, might not be a religion that you picked up that messaging in, but just in society, sometimes 
when we do things that make other people happy, they praise us for it, right? They like it. When we pick up the extra shift over and over and over again, people compliment us. They praise us. They're like, oh my goodness, you have so much stamina. You really helped out the unit. And those are wonderful things for them to say. But if it becomes this thing where we're like, well, I have to keep doing it so I'm not weak so that I can keep being noble and good, then we wear ourselves out. So that's where I used to be. But then I realized that when I'm feeling resentful towards other people, it really isn't as noble and loving and good as I was telling myself it was. So that's what brings us into stage two, is once we realize that people-pleasing actually isn't loving right? Like we can make sacrifices out of love. That's a totally different realm. Remember I said the key word in, in one of those um, symbols or, or signs of people pleasing was obligation. When we're doing it out of obligation, it's creating resentment for us. Then that's when it's people pleasing. Sacrifices out of love are a beautiful thing. Okay. So stage two is when we get that awareness, like when I'm feeling bitter and hostile, and angry, then really it's not a loving thing. Like if I'm making dinner, or doing all these things for my family, or picking up extra shifts, and I'm feeling angry about it, I'm feeling like a victim in my life, then I'm making the other people around me a villain. And usually we don't think very highly of villains, right? We're like, they're so selfish, they're so evil, they're so lazy. And we start having all these negative thoughts and feelings towards other people in our lives, and it's not loving. And it's not loving towards ourselves because we're totally disregarding what we want. That's why we lose touch with our desires and our preferences. So it's really not loving towards other people, and it's not loving towards ourselves. So step two is we get that awareness, like, oh, wait a second, this isn't as loving as I thought it was. The second part of the awareness we get, and hopefully if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, is you've gained this awareness that we don't create other people's emotions. That's one of the big flaws behind people pleasing is we think we're controlling other people's emotions. Like I have to say yes to picking up the shift so that they can be happy, so that they can be less stressed out. Or I have to say yes to volunteering at my kid's school so the teacher can be happy, right? Or so the other parents will think good things of me. Like we think we're controlling other people's emotions, But just like I teach you here on the podcast that other people aren't creating your emotions, you're not creating other people's emotions. So if other people feel happy when you do something for them, it's not because of what you did, it's because of what they thought about it. So let's take that example of volunteering at your kid's school. If the teacher thinks... That was so kind of them to help out. I really appreciate it. Then they're going to feel some relief. They're going to feel gratitude. They're going to feel some sort of like kind feelings towards you. Right? 
And if the other parents think those same kinds of thoughts, like this person's so kind, this person's so giving, then they're going to feel certain emotions, some positive, good feeling, happy emotions. But if the teacher thinks they're doing it wrong, right? You come in to volunteer and they're like, they're not helping the kids the way I want them to. They're wasting my time. It's more work for me to go to explain to them how I need things done and micromanage them than it is for me to just do it myself. Then the teacher's going to feel frustrated and irritated. See, so your behavior could have been the same in either situation, but it's what the teacher thinks that makes them feel how they do. Or if the other parents are like, oh, they're just trying to, you know, make everyone think they're amazing. They're trying to look like they have it all together. This parent's kind of a know-it-all. If they think those things about you, they're going to feel uncomfortable emotions. So it's what they think and they get to choose that. So that's one of the big flaws behind people-pleasing is we cannot control other people's emotions. Yes, sometimes other people's reactions to us are predictable. Sometimes we can see like, if I do this, they're probably going to think this, and then they're probably going to feel this about me. So we can influence people, but really we know at the core of it that we can't control how other people think and feel. So once we get that awareness, then the idea of people pleasing falls apart even further. So first of all, it's not even actually kind and loving to feel resentful and bitter. And then second, we can't control other people's emotions. We're not that powerful. So the second stage we go through is gaining all of that awareness. Okay? Now, the third stage I think is kind of interesting. And not everybody goes through this stage. But I noticed it for myself a little bit like after the fact, kind of looking back at it. I'm like, yeah, I think I did go through that, which I didn't really realize at the time. But the third stage that we sometimes go through is then we disconnect from other people. So here's what I mean by this. Like, you know, when we're in the first stage, we're trying to make everybody happy. We're hyper-focused on what they think, on what they feel. That's our main motivation for what we do. But after we get awareness that we can't control other people, that we don't want to be resentful, we don't want to wear ourselves out, then it kind of swings to the other side of the spectrum. Where then we're like, I'm not responsible for your emotions. Your emotions are not my problem. You're in charge of figuring that out. So we can kind of become a little bit disconnected, like we're putting walls up and become a little bit cold at times. Like I remember one conversation I had way back when I first came into coaching and was trying to unassign myself from responsibility of other people's emotions. And I remember one conversation I had where the person was getting kind of upset about what I was saying to them, some some ideas that I was sharing. And I did kind of put those walls up. Like, it's not my job to make you feel better. And so, I, and I didn't say that to them, but that was kind of the attitude driving me where it was like, you know what? You're in charge of figuring this out. It's not my job. 
And so the way I showed up was a little bit cold. Like not exactly who I want to be and it didn't feel great to me. Right? So what I want you to know is if you're in this stage right now or if you've experienced this stage, it's okay. You don't have to judge yourself for it. But I think talking about it today and just getting that awareness is going to help you move through it. Because what I think is happening here is, like I said, we're going to the other end of the spectrum and it's kind of fear-based, just like people-pleasing is. Like when we're people-pleasing, we're scared of what they're going to think of us. We're scared of them being unhappy with us and what that might mean about us as a person. So that's driven by fear. But I think disconnecting and putting those walls up is also another fear response. And I think what's kind of behind it is still this idea that uncomfortable emotions are a problem. So we're thinking, if this other person is unhappy and I acknowledge that, then it's my job to fix it. So we're kind of scared like, well, then I have to figure out what's wrong with them. And then I have to go back to people pleasing, right? Because it's not okay for them to feel disappointed in me. It's not okay for them to feel angry with me. It's not okay for them to feel sad or hurt or whatever emotion we're noticing in them. We kind of disconnect from it because we're like, if I engage, then I'm going to make it my fault and my responsibility to fix. So that's why I spend so much time in Bold Nurse Society talking about uncomfortable emotions aren't a problem. Like that's something we really work on in there and we learn how to allow uncomfortable emotions. And as we allow them for ourselves and we realize they're not dangerous, they're not a problem and we know what to do with them, then we become more comfortable with the idea of other people having uncomfortable emotions. So that's what allows us to move into stage four. Okay? And stage four is where we get to feel love for everyone involved. So back in the first stage, when we're people-pleasing, we were really just focusing on loving the other people, right? And like I said, then it got to being over the top where we were resentful because we weren't thinking about loving ourselves and what we actually desire. So we were considering what other people want, and we still do that in this stage. In stage four, we still consider, how might my behavior affect other people? What might this person's preference be? So we're still considerate of other people, but then we've added in that other piece where now we're also considerate of ourselves. So it's like a conversation that we're having within ourselves. Like we can't have it out loud with other people. What do you want? What do I want? We can talk about it. But sometimes it's just an internal thing. Like, what do I think this person wants? What do I think would help them feel happier, help them think thoughts that's going to allow them to feel happy? And what do I want? And that's just as important. That's just as important as their desires. So we have to have that love for both of us, love for them and love for ourselves. And then as we understand uncomfortable emotions and that they're not a problem, there's a change in us. And this might sound like a subtle change, but it's everything. 
So instead of needing other people to be happy, we want them to be happy. Right? So when we're people-pleasing, it's like we need them to be happy. We need them to approve of us and like us. When we're in stage four, we're like, I want the best for you. I want you to be happy. I want you to like me. I want to connect with you and get along with you. But I don't need it. I'm not going to do that at the expense of my mental health or my goals and dreams. I'm not going to make your discomfort a problem that needs to be solved and something I need to fix. Because I know I'm not that powerful. I know I'm not creating your emotions, but I still care about your emotions. So we can feel compassion without needing to fix their emotions and go back into people-pleasing to try to make them happy. So this stage four takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot more courage than people-pleasing does. Because people-pleasing, like I said, a lot of times we get praised for it. A lot of times people think really good things of us, even though internally we might be seething or exhausted and depleted. But stage four takes courage because we care about other people, we're open to them and their emotions, and we love them. We're also open to ourselves and we're okay with people disapproving of us. It takes courage and love for yourself to say, even though you didn't like what I did, even though you disapprove of me, I still love me. I got me. I've got my back. And I love you too. I don't have to try to make you the villain in order to make myself feel better about you disapproving of me. I can just love both of us. So that's what we work on in Boldner Society. And and I hope that as you look at these four different stages, you can kind of gauge like, where am I at in my process of people pleasing? If this is something you're trying to break away from and unravel a little bit. But sometimes it just helps to get that awareness. So are you in stage one where you do feel like people pleasing is noble and good? That's okay if you are, but I just want to offer to you to question that and to look at stage two where we kind of realize when I'm feeling angry and resentful and obligated, maybe it's not as loving as I think it is. And I'm not that powerful. I can't control other people's emotions. So maybe you're in that stage or you're in stage three where you've disconnected a little bit, where you're kind of putting up walls like your emotions are your problem. That's for you to figure out. Or are you moving into stage four? Where you love others, you can be considerate and compassionate towards them and their emotions, and you love yourself. And you're okay with people not understanding or approving of you all the time. All right, my friends. So those are the stages that we go through as we unravel our people-pleasing Let me know where you're at. If you're in Bold Nurse Society, bring it to our coaching calls and I'll help you in your specific situations where you're getting caught up in people pleasing. Because sometimes we're in different stages in different areas of our lives or in different relationships even, right? Like in some relationships, we're like, I'm okay with them not understanding or I'm okay with letting them be upset with me. But in other relationships, it's a much bigger deal. 
right? We're like, I don't want that doctor to be mad at me. I don't want this coworker or my boyfriend to be upset with me. So bring it to our coaching calls. Let's work through those specific examples of people pleasing and move into stages of love for ourselves and for others. All right, my friends, thanks for being here today for this podcast episode. I hope you have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.